Hello, I'm Ren Ferguson. I'm one of the ministers here at the Collinsville Troy Church of Christ, and I'm so glad that you have come back today uh, so that we can continue our study of 1 Corinthians. Uh, we are in chapter 16 still, and we may finish that today or at the very latest tomorrow. And so either tomorrow or Wednesday, we will be able to start 2 Corinthians, going ahead and looking at that uh, just so we can, can try to get a better understanding of both of these books because they were written to the same audience, one right after the other. And so I think it would be very beneficial for us to, to look at those two books together. And then we'll move on and, and perhaps do a different, different textual study or perhaps a different topical study and feel free if there's anything in particular that you would like to study feel free to suggest that and I can certainly work that in uh, but 1st Corinthians 16 last week I believe it was Friday we looked at verses 1 through 4 which discuss the contribution or the collection that they were uh, to make we'll start in verse 5 because verse 5 through the end of the chapter are his his final remarks uh, some of these things are greetings just from other brethren or perhaps greetings from himself some final exhortations before he closes this particular letter but here in verses 5 through 11 specifically what we have are his plans to travel to them he says in verse 5 I will visit you after passing through Macedonia for I intend to pass through Macedonia and perhaps I will stay with you or even spend the winter so that you may help me on my journey wherever I go. Now he says, as we just read in verse 5, and this is something we'll notice whenever we get into 2 Corinthians again. But he says, I will visit you after passing through Macedonia. Paul's plan was, once he had gone through Macedonia to gather this collection that he has just talked about, he was going to go see them in Corinth. Now, as we will know, and we can just go ahead and flip over there uh, to 2 Corinthians 1 and uh, verse 23. And really, really it starts in verse 12 going down through the first part of chapter 2, but we're not going to read all of that. Uh, we see in that particular passage that Paul's plans changed. And as he says in verse 23, But I call God to witness against me. It was to spare you that I refrain from coming against, uh, from coming again to Corinth. So apparently his plans changed. And in the first part of 2 Corinthians, what he discusses there in, in that chapter, unfortunately because his plans changed, some of the brethren started to slander him and accuse him of not keeping his word and not doing what he said he was going to do. But when you look at the rest of this particular passage, you see that that's not at all the case, and Paul defends himself uh, at, in 2 Corinthians 1. He says in verse 6, just reading, reading that again, and perhaps, perhaps, I think that's a key word, perhaps I will stay with you or even spend the winter. Now, traveling back in this day and age, the winter was, of course, an especially difficult time to travel. Uh, the weather, the, uh, 
Uh, the seas would have been very rough. It would have been very difficult to travel, traveling. I mean, it's not like today where we can get in our nice heated cars and drive 500 miles and be all right. Of course, they would have, would have been definitely more subject to the elements. And so he says, perhaps even I'll, I'll be able to get there and spend the entire winter with you so that I may help you or that you may help me rather on my journey wherever I go. For I do not want to see you now just in passing. I hope to spend some time with you if the Lord permits. I think there's a couple of phrases here in these three verses that really indicate how Paul, he wanted to do this, but he wasn't entirely sure if it was actually going to happen the way that he wanted it. Uh, he again there in verse 6, as I pointed out, he says perhaps he would be able to stay the winter, but also I think most importantly, as, as he says here uh, in verse 7, he says, if the Lord permits. If you look at a few different occasions throughout his missionary journeys as recorded in the book of Acts, you'll find that there were certain occasions where God prohibited him from going to a certain place at a certain time, where he commanded, perhaps because of persecution or whatever the other reasoning may have been, the Holy Spirit at times commanded him to not go into certain areas. And so here, as he is making this, these plans, he, of course, is keeping in mind the will of God. And that's exactly what all of us are to do. As James talks about in James uh, chapter 4, at the end of that chapter, uh, James 4, there, starting in verse 13, James says, Come now, you who say, Today or tomorrow we will go into such and such a town and spend a year there and trade and make a profit. Yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? For you are a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, If the Lord wills, we will live and do this or that. As it is, you boast in your arrogance. All such boasting is evil. So whoever knows the right thing to do and the right thing to do and fails to do it, for him it is sin. There James is is commanding and reminding, of course, James was what we call general epistle. It didn't have a particular audience in mind like the books of, of the Corinthians or Ephesians or Philippians. His, his book was written kind of generically to Christians as a whole. And so there he is reminding Christians to always keep in mind the will of the Lord in making our plans. Because sometimes the will of God is not exactly what we thought it would be. And so perhaps we end up being somewhere or going somewhere that we did not intend originally to go. Just one example, whenever Chloe and I were looking to move from Alabama to try to get a little bit closer to her family, we saw that Collinsville was, was hiring in Illinois and we thought we would never end up in Illinois. We would never end up at this congregation. But we kept praying about it and, and asking the Lord to, to put us wherever he wanted us to be, and, and we ended up being here. Sometimes it's not originally what we thought was going to happen, but it was the will of the Lord. And so Paul here is, is explaining his desire to go see them, but he, of course, is keeping in mind the will of God. And in verse 8, I, thought, I think verses 8 and 9 are also very important. 
because he says, But I will stay in Ephesus until Pentecost, for a wide door for effective work has opened to me, and there are many adversaries. So Paul, writing this book from Ephesus, which we talked about whenever we did the introduction for this particular book, writing the book from Ephesus, and the reason that he says he is going to stay there is because there has been a door opened uh, for him in Ephesus to be able to preach the gospel. And so in essence, what Paul is saying here is he's going to stay there for as long as he can, as long as that work is effective, and then afterwards he will go on into Macedonia. And in verse 10 he says, When Timothy comes, see that you put him at ease among you, for he is doing the work of the Lord as I am. So Paul here indicates that he is sending Timothy uh, to them in Corinth. And in fact, if you'll hold your place here and look at Acts 19, Acts 19 and verse uh, 22 is where we have this being recorded, I guess you could say from the historian standpoint of Luke. There in, in Acts 19 and verse 22, it says, And having sent to Macedonia two of his helpers, Timothy and Erastus, he himself stayed in Asia for a while. Now, Ephesus is in Asia, what we would call uh, Turkey today. They called it Asia or Asia Minor. So Paul here being in Ephesus, he sends Timothy, and as Luke informs us, he also sent Erastus with uh, Timothy to Ephesus, as he says, uh, that when he came, see that you put him at ease among you, for he is doing the work of the Lord as I am. So Paul sent Timothy to Corinth, to, I guess, to follow up with them to make sure that they had received this letter and that they were making the proper changes that Paul had, had, had expounded upon or had given them the areas in which they needed to improve uh, as Paul has written throughout this book. And then lastly, and this will be the last thing we get to today, he says in verse 11, So let no one despise him. That immediately made me think of 1 Timothy 4 and verse 12, where Paul commands or encourages Timothy to not let anyone despise his youth, but to be an example to the believers. He says, let no one despise him, let no one look down on him, perhaps because of his age or for whatever other reason that may have been. Do not look down on him, but as he says, help him on his way in peace, that he may return to me. And we'll see at the start of 2 Corinthians, Timothy at that point, as, as Paul was writing 2 Corinthians, Timothy has made his way back to Paul. And the very last thing he says there at the end of verse 11 is, For I am expecting him with the brothers. So Paul here in verses 5 through 11 explains his plans to go to Corinth to see them. We know, of course, as we're going to look at later, his plans changed. But he did send Timothy and Erastus to them. Uh, to help them make the corrections that Paul laid out in the book. And he was hoping that they would, of course, be receptive to them. He commanded them to be receptive to them and to help them and to send them back uh, to him. But that's what we have in verses 5 through 11. I guess we'll pick up there in verse 12 tomorrow. But I thank you so much for your time and for your attention here today.